This cold is horrible. Huh? I think it's a flu. <coughs> translation. I might get somebody else to read the translation if you wouldn't mind. Can you read the translation? <coughs> by his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada. Although Hiranyakashipu was purified as soon as he came in contact with the Lord's lap, the Lord saw him. Prahlad Maharaj still wanted to hear from him, the Lord's own mouth, that his father had been purified by the Lord's causeless mercy. <clears throat> Prahlad Maharaj offered his prayers to the Lord for the sake of his father. As a Vaishnava son, <clears throat> despite all the inconveniences imposed upon him, by his father, he could not forget his father's affection. <clears throat> so Hiranyakashipu was uh, extremely angry at Lord Vishnu because Lord Vishnu had killed his brother. And uh, so in the form of Lord Bor, and he wanted revenge. So revenge is such a horrible thing. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining. I think I might need it. <laughs> if we get through this, it'll be great. <clears throat> so he very much wanted revenge. But Sri Pallad is so merciful. Uh, he's a true Vaishnava, praying for his father. Even though... Lord Nasringadev was there in front of Hiranyakashipu and if you see the Lord you're automatically liberated. What to speak if the Lord actually engaged him, uh, he was practically saved already but somehow or other Prahlad wanted to make sure, is my father okay? So this is a wonderful thing and this is a true Vaishnava. One of, come in, welcome. One of the 26 qualities of a Vaishnava, of a devotee, is mentioned in the Bhagavatam in the fifth canto, <coughs> where uh, Prabhupada mentions Sri Krishnadas Kaviraj, the author of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, says that all good qualities become manifest in the body of a Vaishnava, and that only by the presence of good qualities can one distinguish a Vaishnava from a non-Vaishnava. <coughs> and this is so true. Over the 45 years or 47 years that I've been a devotee, we've seen people come and go. And sometimes you see a person come here for the first time. And they're quite, you know, they're nice because they've made an approach to come to a temple of Krishna. But then they take it up seriously. And their whole personality changes. Their whole 
consciousness changes. They become really a beautiful soul. And this is the potency of, uh, of a Vaishnava. The, pro pro the, pro the process of Krishna consciousness is so powerful. <clears throat> so Krishna Das Kaviraj lists the 26 good qualities of a Vaishnava. Number one, he or she is very kind to everybody. A Vaishnava is always very kind to everybody. They do not take uh, or make anyone their enemy. They are truthful. They are equal to everyone. They see everybody on the same platform. No one can find fault in him. So he's, he or she is just a, a simple person. They are magnanimous. They're always giving, giving of themselves. <clears throat> they are mild in that they're easily uh, pacified. They're always clean. Cleanliness is a really important quality of a Vaishnava. Uh, to stay clean, to clean the temple, to clean the, pre the uh, preaching areas is, is so important that we're there. a Vaishnava is always clean. Is <clears throat> without possessions. In fact, he doesn't feel that anything belongs to him. A Vaishnava understands that everything belongs to Krishna and so he doesn't possess anything. He works for everyone's benefit. Preaching Krishna consciousness is everyone's benefit. Enlightening everybody to as much as they can, making them understand they're not this material body. You are a spirit soul, you are a consciousness within this body. They are very peaceful. They're always surrendered to Krishna. There's no, no material desires whatsoever. They're very meek, they're gentle, they're steady. So on the path of Krishna consciousness, they remain steady, doing their duty every time and control of their senses. They don't let their senses run riot. <clears throat> they don't eat any more than is required. They are steady. Uh, there's not they're not influenced by the Lord's illusory energy, so they're not captivated by the allurements of material world. They offer respect to everyone, understanding that everyone is carrying the Supreme Lord as Paramatma within their heart, and everyone is a Jivatma living within that body, pure living entity. Uh, <clears throat> they don't desire any respect for themselves. They are very grave. They're merciful, just as we're seeing here. Sri Pallad is so merciful. They're very friendly. A devotee is always friendly. There's no anger or anything attached to them. They're always friendly. They are poetic in that they are artistic. They're expert and they're silent, so they know when they'd be quiet as well. All these qualities manifested in Sri Pallad. We could see that, so he's a perfect, uh, perfect uh, Vaishnava. Not cursing, only mercy. So Pallad had no fear of his father. This is the wonderful thing. <clears throat> no matter what his father did to him, there was no fear. Prabhu, Hare Krishna. Thanks, Prabhu. Uh, Prahlad had no fear of his father. Uh, even those that were attacking him, uh, he was completely confident that the Lord was in control. So this is uh, an amazing thing, you know, like fear is the thing that drives us more and more into material consciousness. But Sri Prahlad understood that anything that his father could dish up or anything that 
his assailants could dish up to him, any torture that he could give him, was all under Krishna's direction anyway, so why should I fear it? It's all meant to be. So thereby he had no fear of his father. In fact, he was so munificent that even in this horrible predicament, he tried to preach to his father. He was saying, my dear father, you know, <clears throat> please become a devotee of Krishna. His father wouldn't hear of it. So this is, uh, this is the mercy of a Vaishnava. So we all sometimes are affected by revenge. Um, someone tried to hurt us. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. And the first reaction usually is that you want to react against that person. I remember in my early years when I was at high school, I used to play football. And football is a very contact sport. <clears throat> and uh, I used to play in, if you know Australian rules football, it's, it's the ruck. So you play the centre, you hit the ball out. Anybody ever seen football? You're the ruckman. So I was tall and I had to hit the ball out to my fellow men. So I was reasonably good at that because I was tall. <clears throat> but uh, some of my opposition didn't like the fact that I was hitting the ball. So they would target me and try to hurt me to get me off the field. So the natural tendency is, oh, you're trying to get me? I'll get you. So this is... What happens in our lives? Sometimes somebody tries to hurt us. As I mentioned before, it used to happen when we used to do Sankirtan. Harinam Sankirtan, there would be people that would try to hurt us. And we would simply, literally, try to hurt us. You know, uh, with uh, one man even tried to attack us with a knife at one stage. So luckily that doesn't happen anymore. But the devotees don't seek revenge. The devotees simply see that this is Krishna's mercy and, um, <clears throat> you know, just pray to Lord, Lord Nisringadev to whatever happens is fine. So, um, these are interesting things. Sometimes we see, especially in the news today, that there is this policy of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You did this to me. We do this to you. Tit for tat. We see that this major conflict in the world today is just on this basis. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Because <clears throat> this is sometimes quoted as being part of the, both the Old Testament and the New Testament of the Bible. But it's misinterpreted. They sometimes think that, you know, well, you attacked our state, we'll attack your state. You kill so many people, we'll kill so many people. But this is not God's law. There has to be strict instructions in a court of law, obviously. But it's not for personal revenge. In fact, the Bible instructs people not to take revenge. Lord Jesus actually said that he counted this philosophy of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He said, if someone assails you, or slaps you, you turn the other cheek. So this is the nature of a Vaishnava. But in the same token, in the Manusamita, it says, having fully considered the time and place of an offence, there's obviously always going to be someone that is going to be offensive or commit a crime. 
the strength and knowledge of the offender, let him, the king or the adjudicator, justly inflict that punishment on him who is unjust. So there has to be a rule of law. And so the king has been deputed to do that. There must be some punishment there sometimes. So Prahlaj asked for a benediction. He wanted to be assured that his father would be saved. We all want that. Even in uh, Krishna consciousness, when our parents are sometimes anti-Krishna consciousness, especially in the early days, we still want the best for our parents. In the early days, my parents were totally opposed to us becoming Hare Krishna devotees. So much so, my, my wife's parents were so much so afflicted with this concept that we made the wrong choice in our life by becoming a devotee, that they would even get deprogrammers to try and convince us not to be devotees. And they would inflict quite horrendous, uh, not punishments, but techniques to try and win us back to normality or their understanding of normality. But even though that was the case, <clears throat> as devotees we always maintained a prayerful attitude to our parents, always understanding that, my dear Lord, please somehow or other engage them in some sort of devotional service, to the extent that over a period of time when my parents realized the beauty of Krishna consciousness, uh, they were accepting and accepted the fact that this was a good thing for our, our collective family. To the extent that my father, even though he was so opposed to us being devotees in the beginning, slowly he started to ask questions about Krishna consciousness in relation to Christianity. And I was able to answer him by the grace of Prabhupada and the disciples of Prabhupada, I was able to give him some sort of understanding to the extent that at the end of his life, the day before he passed, I, I mentioned this one time before, the day before he passed, he actually turned to me and said, I never thought that my own son would be my teacher, <laughs> my spiritual teacher. And then he passed away. I had a, a, a wonderful realization of the potency of Krishna consciousness and the potency of what I was able to do for him when he passed, uh, that night, uh, in a subtle body, he visited my bedroom. I was half awake and half asleep, and my father, a figure of my father, dressed in white, in a youngish sort of body, had his hands raised like this, and in Dutch, he was, because he's Dutch, and in Dutch he was saying, I am free, I am free. So he came back to tell me it's the most profound experience that I've had, and it was genuine, uh, that he was actually connected. And this was because of a devotee, his family, being able to be Krishna conscious and help him in his way. So in the next verses that we're having of the Srimad Bhagavatam, it actually goes into more detail as to how many generations get the mercy of someone who is a Vaishnava in your family. So you may have a, a, a large family, by you becoming a pure devotee, a pure Vaishnava, you will help them in the most amazing way. And that will be explained in the, um, in the next section of this Bhagavatam. So Prahlad asked for the benediction and wanted to be assured that his father would be saved. 
and pardoned any inconvenience. It's interesting how Prabhupada mentions inconvenience. I mean, being thrown off a cliff, being put into a pit of snakes, being fed poison, all these different things. To Prahlad, that was just like an inconvenience. Amazing personality. So that's a Vaishnava. The compassion of a Vaishnava is amazing. There are other examples within our scriptures of amazing, compassionate Vaishnavas. Haridas Thakur, for example. Haridas Thakur was beaten in 22 marketplaces. And in the end, he was praying for those souls. Hare Krishna, Mataji. In the end, he was praying for those souls that were uh, afflicting him. And, and uh, it was just amazing how that happened. So uh, this is the nature of a Vaishnava. Also, we have the Christian uh, understanding of how Lord Jesus was tormented, a pure devotee of the Lord, and he was put on a cross, and the last words that he uttered also, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. So this is, this is the way of a Vaishnava. This is the way of a pure soul. So simply ignorance and enviousness drives an individual to act like Hiranyakashipu. So it's this ignorance of the truth of life. So the compassion of a Vaishnava pleases the Lord. And there's a section in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that I wanted to read in Madhya about this mercy of the Lord and the potency of, of a Vaishnava. Uh, it's dealing with the latter part of the Madhya where Lord Chaitanya, you know how in Lord Chaitanya's time when the Lord was in Jagannathpuri, the devotees would come up from Gaudadesh and stay with him for a period of time for four months during that period and then they would have to go back to Gaudadesh. And Lord Chaitanya was so, uh, so wonderfully receptive. Now I've got some proof, it's fine. So wonderfully receptive to the devotees that he, he was so uh, pleased with the devotees and encouraged the devotees with his friendliness and his appreciation that he would go up to each and every one of the devotees that were going back to Bengal. He would go to each and every one and praise them and hug them. And, uh, you know, like Advaita Acharya, he would look after him and say, you're going back to Gaudadesh, go and preach. Is this one gone? Still good. And then uh, Nichinanda Prabhu. Nichinanda Prabhu, he gave him the direct instruction, you have to go back to Gaudadesh and preach. But not only preach to the devotees, but preach to the Malechas and the Yavanas, preach to everyone. So it's Lord Nichinanda's mercy that inspires the devotees to keep on going out on Sankirtan, to give the mercy to people of every persuasion in life. So we see, just reading out the scores today of the books that have been distributed, this is Lord Nichananda's mercy. These people are getting a little time bomb in their homes when they buy one of our books. And we can see here that the devotees are packing up books ready to be sold for people. When they, when they uh, take them home, they are time bombs and it's only a matter of time that they also become devotees of Krishna. So the book marathon is going on just to maintain and just to help people understand 
the beauty of Krishna consciousness and the, the beauty of Lord Krishna and who they actually are, that they're spirit souls. So glorious to the devotees that are going out and distributing Srila Prabhupada's books for these two months. Uh, it's an amazing effort. But there's also another thing that all the devotees, as I said, were getting hugged by Lord Chaitanya and praised by Lord Chaitanya. And then there came a devotee called Vasudev Datta. And Vasudev Datta was also very dear to the Lord. And I want to read this section of the Chaitanya Charitamrita which explains the mercy of Lord of Vasudev Datta. In the Madhulila, chapter 15, text 160, Jagate Tari Prabhu Tamo Avatara Mora Nevadana Eka Kara Akikara Translation, Vasudev Datta told Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, My dear Lord, you incarnate just to deliver the conditioned souls. I have one petition which I wish you would accept. My Lord, you are eternally, you are certainly able to do whatever you like, and you are indeed merciful. If you so desire, you can easily do whatever you want. My Lord, my heart breaks to see the suffering of the conditioned souls. <coughs> Here we go again. Therefore, I request you to transfer the karma of these sinful lives upon my head. <coughs> my dear Lord, let me suffer perpetually in a hellish condition, accepting all the sinful reactions of all the living entities. Please finish their diseased material life. <coughs> when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard Vasudeva's statement, his heart became soft, tears flowed from his eyes, and he began to tremble, and in a faltering voice he spoke as follows. Accepting Vasudev Datta as a great devotee, the Lord said, Such a statement is not astounding, because you are an incarnation of Prahlad Maharaj. That's the mercy of Prahlad. <coughs> it appears that the Lord Krishna has bestowed complete mercy on you. There is no doubt about it. Whatever a pure devotee wants from his master, Lord Krishna doubtlessly grants, because he has no duty other than to fulfill the desires of his devotee. Then he continues on. Tumi yantra hita vancha, se hala Vaishnava, Vaishnavera papa Krishna, dura kare sava. Whatever welfare you desire immediately becomes sorry, whatever welfare you desire immediately becomes a Vaishnava. Oh sorry. Whoever welfare you desire immediately becomes a Vaishnava. So whoever you want to become a Vaishnava. And Krishna delivers all Vaishnavas from the reactions of their past activities. There's an amazing purport that Prabhupada gives in this one. The purport is, Sri Chaitanya here informed Vasudev Datta that since Krishna is all-powerful, he can immediately deliver all conditioned souls from this material existence. In essence, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, you desire the liberation of all kinds of living entities without discrimination. 
You are very anxious for their good fortune. And I say that simply by your prayer, all living entities within this universe can be liberated. You don't even have to take up the burden of their sinful activities. Whoever receives your compassion becomes a Vaishnava immediately. And Krishna delivers all Vaishnavas from the reactions of their past sinful activities. As Krishna promises in Bhagavad Gita, Sarvadama Parijagya, Mamekam Saranam Vajaya, Hamtam Sarvapapebyo, Moksha Ishnami Masuchaha. Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. Prabhupada continues. As soon as one fully surrenders to Krishna, he becomes a Vaishnava. In this verse from the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna promises to relieve his devotees from all reactions of the sinful life. In fact, that a, a fully surrendered Vaishnava is completely out of the range of material infection. This is said that uh, it is to say that he does not suffer the results of his previous pious actions. Unless one is freed from sinful life, one cannot become a Vaishnava. In other words, if a Vaishnava, his sinful life is certainly ended. So as soon as one is a Vaishnava, your sinful life is ended. <clears throat> That's like when we see the initiation ceremonies happening here in Melbourne Temple, and the devotees offer themselves to the spiritual master and to Prabhupada and to the deities and to Krishna in the fire and promise to follow the life of a Vaishnava, all the sins have been eradicated. Clean slate. If in other words, if a Vaishnava, his sinful life is certainly ended, according to the Padma Purana, there are different stages of dormant reactions to sinful activities to be observed in a sinful life. Sinful reactions may be just waiting to take effect, and that is Falon Mukha. Reactions may still be there in a dormant form, and that's Kuta. Other reactions may be there in a seed-like state in bija. So there are all these different levels of, of karma that's coming. In any case, all the types of sinful reactions are vanquished one after another if a person engages in devotional service of Lord Vishnu. <coughs> this devotee reads my mind. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Huh? Yeah, Ray is a saint, no doubt about it. So our prayers to God, uh, when, when we pray to God, uh, one of the items of pure devotional service is they offer prayers for others and we shouldn't consider their motives. Sometimes we are keen that we pray for someone else's health or their Krishna consciousness and everything. But we shouldn't pray with a motive of personal uh, growth or whatever. We just leave it up to Krishna. Some people actually even pray uh, to somehow or other get a position in Krishna consciousness. Or, please my Lord, let me be a great kirtan leader. Or, please my Lord, let me be the best pujari. Or, please my Lord, that's not a proper prayer. Although it's linked to devotional service, not a proper prayer. Haribol. We do not want to try to use God as our servant. So we're not praying as a means of getting something. 
So again, the one thing that was sometimes criticized, even by devotees sometimes, when we hear the Lord's Prayer. As some of you may know the Lord's Prayer, it's a Christian prayer, it's a prayer that is pretty common to all different people. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now a lot of people actually see this as you're asking God for something, but it's not true. We can interpret that to say, well, you're asking God to give you bread, to give you a material thing. But for a Vaishnava, for a devotee of God, and I'm using the term Vaishnava and devotee of God in, God in a broad sense, when Jesus was saying that, what is the life-sustaining thing for a devotee? What is the bread? No, that may be also. <laughs> but the life-sustaining thing is service. That's our life. Krishna consciousness is nothing without service. So what he's asking for, our Lord, please give us our daily bread, that sustenance of prayer, of, of, of service, of connection to God, that is what he's praying for in actuality. So recently there was a whole thing about Parliament wanting to have a universal prayer. And all the religions agreed that the most uh, common prayer that everyone could accept would be the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. And you can interpret it any way you want to, but we as Vaishnavas understand that the, servant, the bread that is being asked for is service to Krishna, is service to the Lord. So often we have in our service also, we pray to God to relieve someone's suffering. Due to laws of karma, people suffer for different things, as we said, from their sinful deeds. But ultimately it is Krishna or his deputed agent who have ordained the suffering of a particular individual. There's nothing we can do about it. The laws of karma will act. Even the most saintly devotees naturally turn to Krishna when they or others are in danger. But like I was saying, even when we were doing Sankirtan, we weren't asking Lord Nishringadev to protect us. <clears throat> All we were doing was simply asking Lord Nishringadev's presence in the sound of his holy name. So even that, we're not, whatever has to happen, happen, but we just turn to Krishna and say, it's up to you, my Lord. So prayers focus on our attention on Krishna rather than thinking ourselves the controller of the prayer, where we're asking Krishna, please do this for us. So we leave it up to Krishna. We leave everything up to Krishna. If we don't turn to Krishna, we might develop a careless mood and irresponsibly in our dealings with others even become cold-hearted in the response to others. Like if we callously think, you know, well, it's that person's karma, they're suffering, they're due that suffering. But as we mentioned, one of the 26 qualities of a devotee is that they're so compassionate, they have mercy, they're friendly. That's not the attitude of a friendly person. So we can pray to Krishna, please be in their lives. It takes time and energy to pray for others and it develops selflessness. When we actually pray for others, it develops selflessness. We take the onus away from ourselves because we're merciful to other people. That's a Vaishnava. Those who pray to others in the mood of pure love for Krishna know that everything is up to him. So 
It's not in the volume or in the intensity of the prayer. It's more in your understanding that everything is controlled by Krishna. So we just let that happen. It is Krishna's will and Krishna's will alone. So sometimes uh, in my preaching, in my personal preaching, I'm called upon to pray a lot for people. In chaplaincy, as uh, Rasa Vilasini also will tell you, we're asked by people to please pray for my father who's passing away or my little baby who's, who is sick. So as a Vaishnava uh, chaplain, spiritual care provider, they ex expect that from us. But it's not that we are praying, please heal this person. We are simply pray, praying, please be, Krishna, be in this person's consciousness. Please be there for them. And the greatest prayer, obviously, is the chanting of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. That's a prayer of service, my dear Lord, engage me in your service. So the service at that particular time is to give relief to the suffering of that individual. So many times I would be sitting in a hospital bed and the only thing you can do for a person is just to hold their hand and then just pray the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. And whatever has to happen, has to happen. And it's amazing the results that happen sometimes. Either a person gets well, or a person passes away, but they pass away in peace. But just by having that consciousness of, my Lord, it's up to you, and I'm here with this person, and I'm praying that you are in their presence. They obviously are, because the holy name is not different from Krishna. So Krishna is there with, the, with them. And understanding that it is Krishna's will, whatever you want to do with this person is up to you, my Lord. But I am here and, and I just want to invoke you, the presence of you, within this person's life. So there are many times when devotees have prayed, even in the scriptures, when we read the scriptures, there are many times that devotees have actually prayed to the Lord for protection. And the Lord doesn't have to, but he does give protection because he is all merciful to his devotees. Can you think of a, an instance where actually someone was asking Krishna for protection? Anyone? Huh? Who? Ambarish Maharaj. What will happen there? Can you remember? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. So anybody else? Somebody else that prayed specifically to protect the body of another individual. Oh, Tarana. What happened there? Yeah, Ashwatthama was going to destroy with a, a nuclear bomb within the body of the of Uttara because he wanted to destroy the dynasty of the Pandavas completely. And so Uttara prayed to Krishna. And then what Krishna did? He entered the womb of Uttara and protected the little baby. Yeah, and there, there are other ones as well. There's a simple one uh, actually also in the Dhammada pastimes that we're having at the moment. And Krishna was also, uh, Mother Yashoda was also praying for Krishna's protection, you know. So <clears throat> there are many different things. But whatever you want, the Lord is all good. And so the Lord is, and again, the greatest prayer is that's simply the Maha Mantra. 
Within the chanting, when Lord Krishna is dancing on your tongue, one can recollect and think of those that are suffering and for those that are dear to us. So a practice that you can do if you have concern for your parents or for loved ones or there's a situation, you know, like one of our Vaishnava brothers or sisters may be afflicted with an illness. It's not that we're asking a cure, but we're simply thinking of them while we're chanting our rounds. So there's no harm in that, that we're chanting and we just think of that person. You bring it into mind and direct your chanting to that person. If you have negative parents, say for example, maybe not as bad as Aranya Kashipu, but if you have negative parents, you simply pray for that person during your japa time. And that, that prayer is not like anything individual or anything, it is a collective thing. It's just a thing while you're chanting, my dear Lord, engage me in your service, and you think of that person. So that's the compassion that a Vaishnava has, and that compassion pleases the Lord immensely. The Lord is pleased by the compassion of a Vaishnava, as is pointed out by this pastime of Vasudev Dutta. Now the power of prayer is, is amazing. The power of the Maha Mantra and prayer is amazing. Focusing intently on chanting uh, the vibration of the holy name brings about a connection with the Lord in a number of different ways, in seven ways actually. Number one, it connects you with the Lord. We understand that by praying, by chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, when we do it diligently and intensely, and rigorously, in following those qualities, 26 qualities of a devotee, in a meek way, in a, you know, like that, you connect with Krishna, you feel Krishna. And as Prabhupada often tells us, you, you, Krishna is dancing on your tongue. So this is a fact. The holy name of Krishna and Krishna are non-different. And so Krishna actually manifests himself in the sound vibration of his holy name. So that is the connection. When we chant correctly, then Krishna also can manifest himself in your life. Either through intuition, somehow or other you get an inspired to do something, like book distribution or packing books like this, Krishna is inspiring you to do this. Go out and distribute books. Krishna inspires you to do so many things. And so that's one area. Krishna also gives you instruction as to how to develop your Krishna consciousness by giving you opportunities to read a certain section of one of the scriptures that enlighten you in a particular way that you hadn't thought of before. The other thing is, is that when we wholeheartedly pray and chant our rounds correctly, it reduces the anxiety in our lives. Anxiety becomes mitigated. We're no longer so much in anxiety about our jobs or about life or illnesses or anything. Everything becomes calmed down. So there's a reduction of anxiety. There's also an increase in gratitude. You become exceptionally grateful for everything you've got because you understand, you start to understand that everything is actually Krishna's creation. Your body, everything. And so this wonderful gratitude starts to well up in your body and you think, my God, this is so incredibly uh, wonderful that I have this opportunity in my life. <clears throat> an opportunity to see such beautiful deities, an opportunity to see such beauty in the world and everything in the world is just Krishna's, 
Krishna's grace. So we become incredibly grateful for the friendships that we've made, for the relationships that we have, uh, for the, for the uh, provisions that Krishna has given you, for the opportunity of a spiritual master, of a great Vaishnavas that, that can help you along the way. There is so much gratitude. You're filled with gratitude. And this all comes about by chanting diligently. It shifts the focus to others. That's the other thing. When we're chanting purely and we're developing our Vaishnava qualities, we start to shift the focus from ourselves and think more about how can we do this for others? What can we give for others? And this was that whole mood of Vasudev Dutta. You know, I'll take on anything. I'll do anything, but I don't want to see anybody else suffer. So when we do the marathon, that's the attitude we should have. How can I distribute this literature to people? I don't want them to see them suffer. I want them to experience the things that I'm experiencing by chanting the holy name of the Lord and finding out this exceptional knowledge. So it shifts the focus away from us and comes to uh, understanding the greatness of, of the Lord's creation and how each and every one of these individuals are so dear to the Lord. Krishna loves everyone more than we can imagine. But not just the individual souls that are carrying a human body. He similarly loves those living entities that are in an animal body or in a plant life. They're all living entities and they're all part of Krishna's creation. So you become incredibly sensitive to that with your focus on others. You hear from Krishna. As I said, you know, intuitively you will hear from Krishna. Don't do this. Read this section, find out this thing, attach yourself to this person. He has some knowledge for you or she has some knowledge for you. You can learn something. Also by chanting diligently, it puts off temptation. Because we're removing ourselves from the me consciousness, we start to look at others. The temptation to enjoy others is mitigated. The temptation for sense gratification becomes less. And it all stems from this prayer of the Maha Mantra, chanting diligently, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And finally, it brings about miracles. It brings about miracles. Things that you thought could never happen, happen, because it's all up to the will of Krishna. Sometimes in our Krishna consciousness, you see things that happen and you think, there's no way that this could have happened, but it's Krishna's arrangement. And it's Krishna's mercy on the Vaishnavas that things happen. You know, it could be that someone is cured from their illness. It could be that someone spontaneously is cured of cancer. If Krishna wants, that can happen. It could be. And similarly, the most important thing that we pray for is that people remember Krishna that we constantly think of Krishna. Please remember Krishna. You know, and so many times within our, our dealing with other devotees, uh, we always pray, may you be uh, enlivened in your Krishna consciousness, may you have enjoyment in your spiritual service, and may Krishna bless you. So this is the nature of a devotee to be very compassionate. And it brings about miracles, you know. People, as I said, when they first come to Krishna consciousness could have so many flaws, 
so many difficulties, so much karma, so much baggage. But by this process of Krishna consciousness, all that becomes eradicated. It just melts away and people become uh, wonderful Vaishnavas. So like Prahlad Maharaj, our sincere prayers have strength and they will give strength. So give strength to us to continue on. So we have a great debt to pay to Srila Prabhupada because he came to alleviate the suffering of the living entities. And by praying, praying to Prabhupada, please let me stay with you. Stay in the association of devotees, no matter what is happening in the world. Let me just continuously encourage, be encouraged to uh, push on this movement in whichever way we can. So I'll stop here. My throat's starting to play up again. <laughs> if anybody has any questions or comments at all, Prabhu's. Mahaprabhu. Yeah. And what's that service? What's, what's, what's the primary... What's the primary... Huh? Selflessness. Selflessness. What's the primary service? How can I spread this movement? How can I spread this movement? How can I push on? You have a responsibility, each and every one that has taken on devotional service, everyone that has taken initiation has to carry on the Father's tradition. How, what am I doing to push on Prabhupada's movement? Yeah, you're on a mission. On a mission from God. There used to be a statement from... <laughs> Prabhupada's mission, yes, exactly. Thank you, Mahatma Prabhu. Who is? Yes. Yeah. Lord Chaitanya said that. Yeah. Because it exhibited so much mercy. So Prahlad had so much mercy that he, you know, he, even his father who inflicted so much suffering on this boy, he still felt that his father had affection for him. And he still felt that oh, all those things were just a little inconvenience. That's all right. And, and he wanted to be assured that his father was going back on Better God. So that was a comment. Now my question is, how to become absorbed in the lotus feet of Krishna so that we never forget How to get absorbed at the lotus feet of Krishna? It's so, it's so easy in this day and age. So easy. It's been made so easy. This Kali Yuga is such an advantage for us. Simply follow the regulative principles and chant Hare Krishna. Everything is in your bead bag. Hmm? Ah, that's par for the course, yeah. You're associating. Absolutely. All those things are there. <coughs> All those things are there. But the primary thing is follow the regulative principles and chant Hare Krishna. There's an interesting thing I was reading recently. There was at one time in Krishna consciousness, there was like a, a counter Krishna consciousness. Some devotees had left the association of ISKCON and had started something else up. 
And Prabhupada said, they asked Prabhupada, so they're not following anymore. And Prabhupada said, are they chanting Hare Krishna? They said, yes. Are they following the regulative principles? He said, yes. They will come back and they are fine. Let them do what they have to do. Some did. There's other groups that are still out there chanting Hare Krishna, you know. Uh, and, but Prabhupada was very adamant like that. Well, let's see. Prabhupada's mercy knows no bounds. I mean, it's just incredible. I've seen people that have left Krishna consciousness and at the time of their death they actually remember Prabhupada and Prabhupada actually comes to them. So the mercy of Prabhupada, of a Vaishnava like Prabhupada, is inconceivable, really. Yes? Thank you. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, um, thank you for the wonderful class. Um, Prabhu, you mentioned that a devotee should be very compassionate. He should be para doki doki. So Prabhu, we see when we go on preaching, we see there are some people who are suffering, they're sick, or either their uh, family relative has passed away. So it's very easy for us to preach to them because they want to listen to us. Right. But we see some people who are engrossed in to the material existence, like they are working day and night. We think they are suffering, but from their perspective, they think they are not suffering. So what should we do with those type of people? Be their friend. One of the qualities of a Vaishnava is that they are friendly. <coughs> By the mere fact that you are a friend to them, even if they don't change anything in their life, the fact that you are a friend to them as a Vaishnava will be the greatest benefit for them. Just your friendship. So whatever you can do, even though you may not be able to change them, like I have family members who will never change to Krishna consciousness in this lifetime. They're too attached to sense gratification, eat, eating meat, eating meat uh, intoxication, all the principles. But by remaining in a friendly attitude to them, they have, they will be uh, promoted and helped in their next life. So the best thing you can do is you don't have to force them or anything, just be their friend and be compassionate. <coughs> and as I said, when you, if you really feel something for that person as a connection, then while you're chanting your rounds in the morning, don't pray, please make them Krishna conscious or anything, just think of them. Just think of them. You know, just bring up a, a visual image of them while you're chanting. And that's enough. The power of a devotee is so powerful that even the thoughts of a, pure, the, of a, the thoughts of a devotee uh, is, a, is a blessing for that person. Because in essence we are not these material bodies, we're spirit souls. So on a spiritual level we're connecting with one another. So by your friendliness, by your compassion, uh, you're actually having an influence on them. You may not know it, and they, not, may, they may not even realize it. They may just think, oh, she's such a nice girl, I really like her company. If that's all, you're changing them. And it will happen. Does that make sense? Thank you, Prabhupada. No worries, Prabhupada. Thank you. Any other comments or questions at all, Prabhupada? Yes, Hare Krishna. If there's like someone, thank you. 
if there's someone thank thank you so much for the wonderful class no, okay. and um, if there's someone who is in another religion and yeah. they, they don't know krishna consciousness mm -hmm. so uh what like where exactly would that go because of karma we get we get put into multiple bodies mm -hmm. um but wha because they don't know that where which body would they take and mm. how can they get better in um are they service? good people if they're following another religion and they're good people yeah. then they will progress up krishna says that in bhagavad-gita that you will progress but the, 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 uh, the requirement is, is that you're a good person. So if they're generally a good person, they don't harm anybody, they live their life, <coughs> they pray in their own way, so on and so forth, then they will make advancement in their spiritual sojourn. And you get a double whammy if they're friends with you. So say for example, I have a number of friends in other faith traditions, and they're my friends. So they may be following and they may never ever change their faith tradition in this lifetime. You know, they may be Muslim or they may be Christian, but they like me as a devotee and as a friend. So they are good people and the fact that they've had association with a Vaishnava, a representative of Srila Prabhupada, they will make advancement, they will grow. So don't worry about them, pray for them. How do you pray for them? Exactly. Just simply having that thought of them. It doesn't even necessarily have to be during your chanting, any time. Just having a thought and wishing well for them, you know. But yeah, that has the effect of them actually growing in their spiritual consciousness. Ultimately, they're already devotees. Every one of us is a pure, represent a pure soul. It's just a question of time before you get back to that pure essence. What about the atheists? Huh? Atheists? Yeah. Are atheists good people? Some are. Yeah. They live a humanist life. I have many atheist friends. <coughs> They've been burnt out by religion. They just don't know the truth. And so they've turned away from God. But in actuality, by having you as a friend, they'll start to see, hey, there might be something. And that and you may have the opportunity to actually change their life. Maybe not in this lifetime, but in future life. I think we have to stop here because here we go again. With Thank the you, Prabhu. Srila Prabhupada Ki. Yantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki. Yatai Go Premanandi. Hare Krishna.